Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Escalator to Nowhere, a Simpsons podcast with Robert and Caitlin. I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I am learning. And we are continuing our walk through the entirety of the series. And this week we have landed at season two, episode number 19, Lisa Substitute. Oh, boy. Oh, 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 oh boy. I'm just going to throw it out here right now. This is going to be a long episode. I Well, I was just going to say that. I love this episode. Oh, okay. There is a lot in this episode. There is. And if you talk shit about this episode like you did Brush with Greatness, we're going to have a big problem, lady. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Oh, there she goes. <laughs> that was very convincing. How, how are my Foley sound effects? Did you like that? I like how you just sort of like lightly patted the, the table instead of actually hitting it. She was like... <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, anyways, um, we have a lot to get to today, um, but before we do, Caitlin and I have a very special shout out to make. Guys, we, 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 have, are, a, we have officially made it. We, are, we have arrived, We have everybody. officially made it. We have gotten our first hater. Yay! Yeah! All right, so hi, special shout out to you, our first hate mail writer, Sean Harley-Davidson Johnson. Yeah, I would like to read to you a haiku. I'm assuming this was a haiku or intended to be because I don't know what the fuck else it could possibly be. Sure, go ahead. Here is the message that Sean Harley Davidson Johnson sent us. Gute, that's G-E-W-T, Gute off for my, that's F-M-Y, Facebook, that's just F-B, with your dumb, that's D-U-M, shit page, no, number one, cares or gives two spaces a shit. Next line. <laughs> Pod shit cast is garbage and junk. I'm sorry, Sean, but it's supposed to be 575. Huh? It's a haiku. Oh, It's five, supposed seven, to be 575. Five. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I forgot about the haiku part of that. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyways, I, I'm assuming let's talk about a little bit of what what has happened this week. Um, so, we all know about my closet mural and whatever. Oh yeah, we have been which we posted in Rancho Relaxo, and very a lot of people liked it. Thank uh-huh. you, thank you if you jo- have been joining us uh, due to that post. Yeah, yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, and then Four Finger Discount picked it up. Uh huh. So posted if you, it. If you are not familiar, you probably are. But if you're not familiar, Four Finger Discount is a very it's, big. They Simpsons have almost two hundred fifty thousand followers on Facebook. Uh huh. They posted it. They did not. They did credit me, but they did not credit the podcast, which right. is fine. So Robert and I, in the comments and in other areas where we have seen this posted, you uh-huh. know, just tagged ourselves and be like, hey, it would be great if everybody checked this out. This is actually mine. Like, mm-hmm. this is a thing. Some guy in Mexico posted the pictures on Twitter. I think it was actually in Chile, wasn't it? I think it was the in Santiago. The news thing is oh, in oh, Chile. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, the gotcha. Guy, the guy on Twitter was in Mexico. Gotcha, gotcha. Tweeted pictures kind of implying that he had done this himself. Yeah. He had painted the mural himself, <laughs> which, okay. And um, it got picked up by some news outlet in Chile that a young man painted his broom room. <laughs> 
That's what the translate. So I, I can only assume that Sean, I'm sorry that you had a rough week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry that we kept popping up on your page. Oh yeah. We are just trying to claim what's ours. Yeah. That's We've all. learned a couple things from this, Uh huh. such as watermark your fucking photos. Yeah. So, so we posted that, uh, we posted that before we had actually subscribed to the mematic, uh, uh, $30 per year thing, you know, so that you can, yeah, I'm sure there's free there. apps out there too, but, but we, we, in, in long story short is that we did it before we started watermarking our pictures Yeah, and, uh, we, we very clearly should have done that. Yeah. Cause uh, we, I mean, I don't, I'm going to look at the four finger discount thing. So in, in short, uh, I'm going to post, I'm going to do a repost of those pictures with the watermarks on there. Yeah. And I mean, just in hopes that we can drop them again and somewhere in, Hopefully pick them up. So if you see those out in the wild somewhere, if you would be so kind as to just just tag us in the comments. And yeah. It would be really great uh, to try and drive a little more uh, activity towards yeah. our downloads. So the Four Finger Discount post has 11,000 likes and over 5,000 shares. Yeah. Had they, you know, given credit to our page, you know, that means yeah. that many more eyes on our... Um, on our uh, I'm, I'm, our name and I'm whatever. willing and happy to give them the benefit of the doubt and that they have lots of people commenting and all that sort of thing but I also dropped our I also requested that they uh, tag us on their Twitter because they also dropped it on the Twitter oh did they okay yeah uh, and we've we haven't heard anything no so, uh, but if you if you're joining us because you saw those posts and somehow made your way to us mm-hmm. welcome. Yeah. Sorry, uh, again, our most humble apologies to Sean. Um, uh, I can only me. imagine... We can only speak of him just like... Uh, Sean Harley-Davidson. Yes, uh, a shop, Sorry, so a, a, sorry. It's like a tribe called Question. Our friend uh, Sean Harley-Davidson <laughs> Johnson. Um, I, I do apologize that we were crowding your feed. It's not mm-hmm. our usual MO. Yeah, I don't think uh, we've posted any pictures of motorcycles recently, so I'm guessing that's probably no. not... <laughs> And judging from your profile, I can only imagine that you are the personification of an Ed Hardy shirt. So, um, with, that be- <laughs> with that being said, uh, thank you for joining us. If you're, uh, if you made it over here from my closet mural because and, yeah and also it kind of went minorly viral just so we're uh just hey i think it qualifies as viral um mm-hmm. uh just so we're clear uh we're not going to shout at everybody that sends us hate mail but it was just such a monumental occasion uh it's our first one we the first one and we, we had to do it we had to do it it was sent to us on friday at 11 p.m which means i can only it was imagine he was where old sean johnson yeah, lives excuse me is... i'm sorry i messed up sean harley davidson johnson yeah. lives uh and um um, I can only imagine that he was 100% sober when he <laughs> sent that. So, uh-huh. moving on. All right. Oh, so. I see you're single, Sean. Too bad. Oh. Okay. Lisa substitute. Oh, wait, I didn't do it right. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Um, Lisa Substitutes, Lisa season substitute. two, episode number nineteen. Let's get into it, shall okay. we? Okay, Caitlin's going to kick us off. Well, we're kicked off, but we're yeah. we move along with the specs. We are on our bullshit today. Uh, season two, episode nineteen. Lisa Substitute production code seven F nineteen. Written by Jean Vitti, directed by Rich Moore. Original air date April twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one. It is weird to me that this is in order. Uh, be- because it's in order with Brusher's greatness, 
from last week. Yeah. Uh, they're doing they're doing okay. There's a little bit of scramble. Well, the reason it's, it's weird is because there is an inconsistency that I know you noticed right at the very beginning of this thing. Um, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But I'm going to uh, go ahead and run with the synopsis. This is coming from the... Uh, Simpsons Wiki, which is simpsons.fandom.com, and if you would like to check it out, you can check it out in the description. I will provide a link. The synopsis is that when Lisa's teacher, Miss Hoover, gets Lyme disease, Mr. Berg, Mr. Bergstrom takes over the class. Lisa finds Mr. Bergstrom's teaching methods incredibly inspiring and discovers an entirely new love for learning, and amongst other things. Uh, but when Mr. Bergstrom leaves... <laughs> But when Mr. Bergstrom leaves, Lisa doubts that anyone else in her life, including her father, can be the man that Mr. Bergstrom was. Meanwhile, Bart runs against Martin Prince for class president. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's good. Right. I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. Um, identifies the B flop. B flop. B flop. B, uh, B plot mm-hmm. in the last sentence there, just like last week's did. Yes. So, what were you, what were you going to say? You were. You were giggling over there. Oh, it was not appropriate. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad we have some restraint on it's the show a, now. Not, not for the record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the opening credits because we get the super short credits yes, here. Super short. No chalkboard gag. No bell ringing. No band practice. Yeah, there, I, I thought, you know, we, I thought, we start in the driveway. When Homer pulls in, you know, uh, is uh, maybe this is maybe this is a uh, a, a mini Mandela in effect. It, in other words, uh, I have a bad memory. Um, <laughs> but I thought that the shortened credits, the ones that we saw, included a chalkboard gag. Usually, we've seen abbreviated credits before, but these I think are like the shortest of the short. Yeah, these are the ones that would eventually become. Yeah, uh, the standard. Did more we or even? Less. We didn't even get the Simpsons. We didn't get that either. Yeah, yeah, we did. Did we? Yeah, oh, we okay. got we, we got that, and it cut straight from the clouds oh. to Bart. Sorry, blaming. Mandela effect. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Blame the Mandela effect. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's my Mandela. Effect. Uh, it, was, it was a localized <laughs> it's Mandela <my> effect. Own. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own personal Mandela effect. Hey, good okay. news, everybody. We both have booze in us. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, so at any rate, um. Uh, we we get yeah. There's no chalkboard gag at all, and the family runs in um, with and there's no couch. That's the gag. And then we open up. We are in Lisa's classroom. Yep. And the kids are kind of going a little bit crazy. They're gossiping. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're they're rowdy, and you hear you know. Did you hear about Miss Hoover? Mm-hmm. Oh, she drank a bottle of drain cleaner by mistake. Ooh, that's bad news. That's and that's <laughs> that's kind of dark, but. <laughs> Gives, gives us a little peek into the psyche of Miss Hoover. Uh-huh. Uh, that the kids would even think she would do that. Somebody else uh, heard she fell down a well. Uh-huh. Um, and then enters Miss Hoover with Principal Skinner. Mm-hmm. And Lisa says, my God, she's been dumped again. Yeah. This is so, very, did this ring very Krabappel to you? Yes. This moment here? Yes, it did. And I don't. It did because it's like the de- like th- to me Lisa's line implies that Miss Hoover has been talking about her relationships yeah yeah or lack thereof with uh-huh. the kids and I think that that's definitely a page from Miss Krabappel's book and you know uh, and this is what I was talking about with the inconsistency a moment ago is that Miss Hoover walks in and Miss Hoover has regular hair 
her yeah, hair yeah. last, she was, last, last week. Yeah, yeah. She was last week. She had uh, blue hair, but she's got uh, brown hair today. Um, she's. We know now that this is Miss Hoover. We didn't know yeah. that last week, right? Because she's she's named and seen. Yes. Before that, we hadn't seen. She had been named. Yes. She had been seen, but never together. And uh, she had been named. We've we've noted this before, of course. Uh, Mrs. Hoover. Mrs. Hoover. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at any rate, um, I mean, maybe that's a part of her deal in that she is now Miss Hoover. Yeah. I well, <laughs> you know what? I really didn't think about that, but. <laughs> um, if, uh, if you're interested in the character of Miss Hoover, by the way, Caitlin and I watched a video from The Real Gems, whom mm-hmm. we've mentioned before on this podcast. We highly recommend that you head over to YouTube and check out The Real Gems page. He does what I wish I had the patience to do, which is take really deep dives into really niche subjects yeah. and characters. And one of those is a video about Miss Hoover. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would encourage you to go watch it. That video I think is about like 15 or so minutes yeah. long. So it's, it's something you can long. knock out really quick and easy. Mm-hmm. And I just really enjoyed it because uh, I know that Caitlin enjoyed it because mm-hmm. this is an ancillary character yep. who doesn't get a lot of love but is present and we all know who she is. Exactly. She plays a very big role in Lisa's life especially. Yeah. 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 So she comes in, she's all crying and being sad. Oh, yeah. And she addresses the class. She says, children, I won't be staying long. I just came from the doctor and I have Lyme disease. Uh-huh. So we discover what is actually ailing her. So I guess this is a very uh, recent revelation because she tells the class that Principal Skinner is going to uh-huh. take over until the substitute arrives. Uh, you want to hear something? Okay. About Robert's childhood. Oh, okay. This is when I became scared of Lyme disease, <laughs> even though I had no idea what it was, right. despite the fact that they actually explain it here in a minute. But I, let's see, this was 1991, you said? Mm, yes. So I would have been... In, it's it, April of 91, so you were seven. I would have been in the, yeah, in the first grade. So I'm about Lisa's age when mm-hmm. this is airing, I remember being very young and watching this. I don't know if I watched it when it first aired, mm-hmm. but I remember being very young and watching this and, and all of a sudden being scared of Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. And I guess the reason I didn't realize what Lyme disease actually was was just because the explanation they give here in yeah. a minute, it, it would go over a first or second grader's head more or less. Right. But um, Yeah, so they yeah she tells a class and then they they ask what's Lyme disease mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then miss uh principal skinner mr skinner who's that um mr skinner <laughs> <laughs> he tells a class that Lyme disease is spread by small parasites called ticks mm-hmm. when a diseased ticks attaches itself to you and begins sucking your blood <laughs> malignant spiro <laughs> i don't know this word i think he says spirochetes spirochetes I don't know, Uh, infest your bloodstream, eventually spreading to your spinal fluid and on into the brain. We get a good callback to that word, by the way, later on. I don't know if you noticed it I did not. Uh, No. I'm surprised you didn't notice it, but I'll mention it when we get there. Okay. Uh, So anyways, uh, he scares the shit out of kids. Basically, they think Miss Hoover is like going to die. She's going to die. They weren't too worried, I guess, when she drank the drain cleaner. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I think we've talked a little bit about this before. I remember being young and hearing someone, uh, it was my uncle, was talking about how antifreeze tastes sweet. And uh, I think you mentioned that you have to be careful about dogs, like going over and and licking it up, because obviously antifreeze is very poisonous. Mm and uh, but I remember being little and hearing that antifreeze was sweet and thinking to myself, oh, I wonder what Did you have Mr. Yuck? 
Mr. Yuck? No. No. I don't know what that is. Okay. Mr. Yuck, I think, was like some kind of. I don't know if it was government sponsored or like DuPont decided that they were they were gonna be kind benevolent um a kind benevolent corporation Uh uh and um it was like a lesson uh that oh yeah Caitlin is showing me a picture of them yes I have seen those yeah so oh I'm sorry okay it was created by the UPMC Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And essentially what it was was lessons in how you shouldn't drink things that are under your sink. Right. It was something that parents could put on the bottle like even if a kid couldn't read, they would see that on the bottle and know that that's dangerous. They shouldn't drink it. Right. Um so it was uh oh, he's he goes back like all the way to the 70s, but um That looks like a very 70s thing. I'm going to yeah. I'll put a picture of Mr. Okay. Yuck up on the uh on the Instagram. It's Mr. Y-U-K. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, that uh, that that was, that reminded me of Mr. Yuck. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, at any rate, we are still in Lisa's classroom here. And I'm sorry, I lost my place on the Frank because I had to change my profile on the... Uh, but anyways, uh, they have explained, you know, what's going on with Miss Hoover, uh, that she's got Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. And then anyway... Um, they start. He shuffles out Miss mm-hmm. Hoover. It's explained, of course, that Mr. Me, I almost said it too, Mr. Skinner, <laughs> that uh, that Principal Skinner is going to be the substitute until their actual substitute arrives. arrives. But we get a distraction from what's going on upstairs. Yeah, There's we hear a, we hear noise, uh-huh. and Skinner immediately knows who it is, and he's like Bart Simpson. Yeah. Uh, so he's um, he's. In Lisa's class, uh, having uh, disciplinary issues with Bart upstairs. That's right. And so we then cut upstairs to Bart's classroom. Yes. Which I don't think I realized was directly above uh, Lisa's class. There's classroom. an inconsistency with this. Oh, and is, it, oh, honestly, okay. I did not notice until I read the wiki. Uh-huh. But uh, so at one point, we, I mean, obviously, Lisa's classroom is on the first floor mm-hmm. if Springfield Elementary is. Two floors. I'm not sure uh-huh. 100% what what the architecture, what the floor plan is. Uh, well, at one point, there was the bell tower from Vertigo. I know, <laughs> so. right? Yeah. So it's ever-changing. It's uh-huh. a room of necessity situation. But uh, It's very much like, to speak of the real gyms, the rumpus room. Uh, yes. And there is a video about the yes. rumpus room from the real gym yeah. as well. So anyway, uh, later in the episode, we see Lisa and Mr. Bergstrom looking out the window, and they're in a second-floor classroom. Mm-hmm. So it kind of changes mid-episode. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I put that together. Yeah, I didn't either. You are correct. Thank you, Wiki. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I see. Wiki, Wiki. Um, so before we leave, though, before we go upstairs to what Bart is doing up there to terrify the children, we should point out that Ralph Wiggum has a line... Yes. In this, Caitlin uh, was, Kate was <laughs> sorry, mid I was mid drink. I also realized it's a bad idea to have a drink with ice in it while we're recording. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fine. Well, if you hear the little clinks, that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm being refreshed. Uh, <laughs> well, my bourbon yes. and Dr Pepper. <laughs> right. Uh, so we see Ralph. Yes, we see Ralph. 
He's it, at first it, when, when he's in the back of the classroom, mm-hmm. and you know, just by the fact that it's this is an older cartoon, uh, as much as I'm dread to say it now, it is an older cartoon. Uh, it's unclear like if he actually looks like Ralph. But when we see him yeah. later in the episode, it's that's in Ralph. The, in the, when he's sitting in his desk and you see him, he looks bald. Like, yeah. Like yeah. the top of his head is just yellow, but then he's got the little strands of hair yes. on the sides. Uh, yeah, we can post a picture of that too. Okay. Um, so anyways, then we cut upstairs and Bart is upstairs and the, we find out very quickly the reason that the children are terrified is because <laughs> Bart is doing a presentation on the birth of kittens and one of those kittens is Snowball, Snowball 2. And and he's showing them, he's not just explaining it, he's showing a video. Yes, he is. Uh, he has drawn a nice little uh, image on the, <laughs> on the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is showing this video and he says, oh, this is Snowball 2. And there's another one, it's a gray one. He mm-hmm. says, we were going to keep that one, but the mother ate her. Yeah, this also <laughs> implies that Snowball 2 is the offspring of Snowball 1. Uh, did it say that the the mother kitten was Snowball One? No. Mm, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, about I, don't, I, I. The only reason I say this is because I didn't pick that up. Okay. Um, but either way, Bart is here grossing the other kids He's out. He's very graphically showing these children how kittens are born. To uh to uh, paraphrase or perhaps actually quote uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, watching someone give birth is like watching a wet St. Bernard try to come through the cat door. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. So. But, I mean, I guess not incorrect. N- n- no, no, I have, I, 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 I took health in high school. I have watched a birth video. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, so Martin speaks up. He says, Miss Krabappel, he's traumatizing the children. Yes. And then she, she replies. Of course, yeah, she agrees as with usual, him. As usual, I agree with you, mm-hmm. Martin. And as she's talking here, y'all, we see something that has been a plaguing question yes. in the podcast here. Because when Bart is writing on the chalkboard for the chalkboard gags in the opening, there is that picture off to the right that we have not uh, been able to identify. Yeah. And Caitlin, here we go. Caitlin was right. It's the founding father of It's a founding of father. Is it, it supposed to be Franklin? It looks to me like it's supposed to be Franklin. Because he's got little glasses on. His hair doesn't look Franklin-esque, yeah. but we'll just call him Franklin. Yes. Because he's, I mean... He, well, he, he's he looks the like, best. He he's looks the like, best founding father. <laughs> Do you think so? I enjoy him. I enjoy portrayals of him. Uh huh. In media, <laughs> uh, Caitlin just enjoys the Franklin pamphlet about advising a young man to take a an older woman as their mistress. Oh, I, uh, uh, what? Are you unfamiliar with that pamphlet? Yeah. Oh, it's mighty sexist. Oh, uh, okay. But um. He advises uh, he advises his friend to take an older woman as a mistress, and one of the advices he gives is the reason is because women age from the face down. So oh. even if there are wrinkles on her face, everything See, else might I be just, intact. I just imagine him being like the bumbling fool that is 1776 Franklin. Uh-huh. Um, but like he was a horn dog. Like let's be real. Oh, no doubt about yeah. it. He sure was. And you know the thing is, like he is a middling class. Dude, mm-hmm. and I, I don't also, much... he's old AF. 
In uh, 76. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. But it, I mean, you know, revolution is a young man's game. Uh, and those who are not fighting in the war, generally speaking, that older generation is operating the government. But Franklin is older, I think, than just about everybody um, else. I think he's the oldest person in the Continental Congress. I don't think that's right. I think no? it's Caesar Rodney. Oh, of course, because his like <laughs> fucking jaw is falling off. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> if you look at the facsimile, y'all, you should take a look at the facsimile of the uh, Declaration of Independence because if you can find Caesar Rodney, where's he from? Do you remember? Uh, uh, Dallow- no, uh, Franklin was born in 1706 and Caesar Rodney was born in 1728. No way. Really? Yes. Oh my God. He aged from the face inward. <laughs> <laughs> nice save. Uh. <laughs> Yo, I had no idea. Yeah. I thought Caesar Rodney was the oldest person in the Congress. Well, I was basing that off of his signature that looks just oh. awful. <laughs> He's from Delaware, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm I think sure. that's right. I'm I, not sure. Hold on. I'm going to oh. have to say that in like, in like two days. So I should Yeah, you better, you better brush up, Buttercup. Hey, I'm going to annoy Caitlin by saying we are recording this on the 2nd of July. Happy actual Independence Day, everybody. The Continental Congress voted for independence on the 2nd of July. We celebrate the 4th because that was the day that we adopted the Declaration of Independence. And we celebrate the 4th uh, in truth, in my opinion, because it says at the top of the document... July the 4th. Uh, but that's not the day that we declared independence. There you it's go. It's semantics. <laughs> Anyways. Someone someone uh, earlier today, a friend of ours posted on Facebook, happy Independence Day for you pedants out there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, he was from Delaware. Caesar Rodney was. Um, well, there you go. Of course, Ben Franklin was from Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Phil- or, flip, or flip, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh huh. Um, so, anyways, all, all of it was to say that you know, um, I was going to say that I, I'm not a big fan of the phrase, you know, like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps or whatnot. Everybody has help in their life, and Franklin is no different. However, Franklin went from being not a mm-hmm. a ridiculously rich person to being a ridiculously rich person. And by the time you even get to like the 1750s, the dude is famous in America. Yeah. Uh, I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say that after the uh, the Great Awakening is over and George Whitfield, the preacher, the famous preacher, is is no longer like riding that wave of fame, it's Franklin all the way, baby. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at? He was born in Boston. I didn't know that. I'm looking at the Franklin Wikipedia was? entry, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't either. Anyway. And he's a cool guy. Look him up. <laughs> uh-huh. And in your a, wallet, am a, I right? Oh, that's right. Uh, so at any rate, um, we are we went on a long tangent. Yeah, there. we did. Sorry. Uh, Bart is uh, explaining to the children and showing them how kittens are being born, mm-hmm. and uh, then we cut back down to uh, then we cut back down to Lisa's classroom. Yeah, there's a funny joke because he's showing them the video and he's like, "Yeah, now look, if I reverse it, you can see them go back in." Oh, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now we cut to Lisa's classroom and. Uh, uh, speaking of pedantry, uh, uh, Principal Skinner in this moment is explaining to the children that this is not an upside down E, but yeah. it is in fact a schwa. Yeah, he's like written it on the chalkboard. And Do you know what sound that makes? The schwa? Uh, it's a phonetic sound, or it's it's part of the international phonetic alphabet. Yeah. It, it's the uh oh sound. Oh. It, is the, it is considered to be... So it doesn't go... Uh. It is con- no, <clears throat> no. It is considered to be. I'm sorry. I've, I'm, I don't know what's going on with my voice, but um, it is considered to be the least effort made in a voiced 
sound. Oh, okay. So it's literally the uh sound. Okay. Good. Mm. So you can compare it if you would like. Speaking of pedantry, mm-hmm. you can compare it in the word above, mm-hmm. right? Because the the above, the, the stress syllable is in the second. So uh, that second A is represented in the IPA, the International Phonetic Alphabet, by a lambda. And the first one is represented by You know, by I'm beginning to think that Sean might have been right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, crap. Just kidding. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zing. Yeah. So as Skinner is explaining this, we see this shadowy figure coming yep. up. Uh, approaching the door, uh-huh. and he comes in, guns a-blazing. Uh, and our lives are about to change forever. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> this does not ring great in today's society. No, uh, <laughs> he, he, he he literally comes in with what are revolving cap, cap guns. guns. Yeah, they're yeah. popping guns. So he's um, dressed like a cowboy. He comes in, he's yes. like, pow, 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 pow. Uh-huh. And that's how we're introduced to Mr. Bergstrom. That, that's right. Skinner says, are you the substitute? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. Are you insane? No, sir. I'm not. But uh, it's my way of getting their attention. Uh, well, all right. And so now Mr. Bergstrom has control of the classroom. Yep. And I wasn't really referencing the guns a moment ago. I was referencing Mr. Bergstrom coming in. Oh, okay. And our lives are forever changed. I this see. This episode has one of the most iconic Simpsons moments of all time, in addition to several of my or at least a couple of my favorite Homer lines Uh of all time. I told you about that before we started recording. Yes. And we'll get there. But, um, yeah, we were, we're, Mr. Bergstrom gives us one of the most iconic Simpsons moments ever. I will look forward to discussing that with you because I did not pick up that. Oh pick man, up on that. I am astonished that you didn't, but we're going to get there. So okay. anyways, Mr. Bergstrom comes in. He says, I'm a Texas cowboy. He's dressed up like a cowboy. Got his mm-hmm. cowboy hat, got his guitar on his back. Mm-hmm. He says the year is 1830, and you can ask me any questions that you like. We get a couple of uh, just, you know, strange, like, you know, like kid questions. What, can we play kickball at Reese or after? We, yeah, instead after of science. Sci- after lunch, yeah. Yeah, instead of doing science after yeah, lunch. He's like, kickball's not from 1830. Uh-huh. So what are the other questions uh, here? And he says, how about this? I want to see two eyes on every person staring at me. There are three things wrong with my costume. Uh, and anyone that can name those three things will get my hat. Mm-hmm. And so Lisa is playing She's, the game. Yep. And she knows the answer. Yep. So yep. he says, what's your name? Lisa Simpson. All right. And see, number one, your belt buckle says the state, state of Texas, Texas. Uh, which she points out was yeah. not a state until 1845. Correct. Uh, he has a revolver, which uh-huh. was uh, was wasn't invented. Inve- oh my god, <laughs> which wasn't invented until 1835. That's right. Uh, and then she goes, "You seem to be of the Jewish faith." <laughs> this and is pretty good. He joke. goes, "Are you sure I'm Jewish?" And she goes, "Or Italian?" And, and he, he goes, "Cuts right in." And he goes, "I'm, I'm Jewish. Jewish." Yep. <laughs> and there weren't any Jewish cowboys, um, which she agrees with. I don't think that's actually the case. Well, However, he, he corrects that here in just a second. Okay. Uh huh. He yes. says, I'm also oh, yes, wearing yes. a digital watch, but I'll accept that. Here you go. So right. he gives her his hat. Yep. And he says, And there were a few Jewish cowboys, big guys who were great shots and spent money freely. Yeah. And then we learn as he writes his name on the board, my name is Mr. Bergstrom. Yes. I remember this moment from when I was a little kid uh-huh. as well because he then turns and says, You can make fun of my name if you want. Here are a couple of suggestions. 
Uh, I forgot that one of them was Mr. Nerdstrom. Y'all, Caitlin is trying to spit ice back in her glass with quietly. It's very funny. <laughs> Sorry. I'm... I hope you I was, could hear that. I was not thinking about what I was doing when I took a bunch of ice into my mouth. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mr. Nerdstrom is the first, and the second one I did remember, mm-hmm. Mr. Boogerstrom. hey And so we then hear the, the children laugh mm-hmm. at his suggestions. So he's endearing himself to the kids. That's right. Yes. Uh, making, making connections. That's the, first, that's the first thing about teaching is making connections. Yes. So uh, speaking of other teachers... We go back to Bart's class, uh-huh. and Miss uh, Krabappel tells the kids that they will be electing a class president. And um, uh-huh. so she says, I'm not allowed to vote, but I strongly suggest you elect Martin. Yep. And so Martin gets up, and he like gives his little campaign speech. He says he demands a science fiction library featuring Uh the ABC of the overlords of the genre, Asimov, Bester, and Clark. And then Wendell speaks in this episode. He says, what about Ray Bad Bradbury? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) What about Ray Bradbury? Uh Uh-huh. And so anyway. Gets brushed off by Martin immediately. Mm -hmm. I'm aware of his work. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, he's like trying to pump him up. Hey, he says here, thank you and keep watching the skies. What is that? That is, uh, fuck. Uh, it's a cultural reference. Is it a Twilight Zone thing? Twilight Zone? I don't uh, think it's Twilight Zone. Or Star Trek or something. Uh, anyways, yeah, I'm not really sure. Either way, he says, keep watching this, guys. Caitlin's going to look it up for us here yeah, real quick. Yeah, sorry. And then, um, uh, Mrs. Krabappel, uh, excuse me, praises him. So, uh, you know, says, excellent. And uh, then we cut back to Lisa's classroom. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Mr. Bergstrom has given them pemmican. I don't know what that is. Oh, keep watching the skies is a book that was written by Bill Warren in about science fiction, but I don't think that's what it is. Uh, no, I don't think so. What's okay. pemmican though? Do you know? Who? What? Sorry. <laughs> She's wasn't not listening attention. to me at all. <laughs> I'm doing research. We are back in... Lisa's classroom, oh, Mr. Okay. Bergstrom has given them pemmican. P-E-M-M-I-C-A-N. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that is. Okay. That was a long way to get that. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I don't know what that is. If you know what it is, let us know. Uh, uh, it's a mixture of tallow, dried meat, and sometimes dried berries. Oh. So I guess a cowboy food. Is there a brand of beef jerky named pemmican? Mm, I don't know. Anyways, yes. Uh, that is true. Beef jerky is a cowboy food. Uh, and Yes. Uh, there is a pemmican beef jerky there you go. brand. Um, still working on the sky thing. Anyways, so don't worry about it. It's not that important. Okay. Uh, it's it's <laughs> something that somebody... Hey, yeah, somebody leave us a comment and just tell yeah, us what tell it is. tell us what it is. <laughs> uh, We're not science fiction people, so we don't know. So, Mr. Uh, Bergstrom then says he's going to sing them a song. It's not very accurate. And we get this, we get this uh, nice sequence where he is singing them home on the range, and he is correcting it. Uh, correcting the lyrics by whispering the truth about what's going on to the students. So, for example, we get uh, home, home on the range. And he leans over and says, actually, the range was far from home. It was a very desolate place where danger and disease rode tail in the saddle, rode tall in the saddle, excuse me, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and while this is happening, the kids start passing around notes. Mm-hmm. And we get uh, a note passed from... 
who's her neighbor there? I'm not sure. Is, is it Janie? Janie. Uh, passes a, a note from Janie, to, or Janie passes a note to Lisa, and it's a picture that someone has drawn of Mr. Bergstrom singing, and the t- it's titled The Singing Dork. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa, of course, does not approve of this. She no, is absolutely enamored. Like, she has been totally won over by Mr. Bergstrom. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't think it's funny. No, but he sees her with the note, yeah. and she flips it upside down so he can't see it, but then he takes it from her, and uh, he says, did you do this? Said, no, it wasn't me. I would never do anything like that. Mm-hmm. And she goes, it was one of those immature people who instead of building themselves up, and he replies, it's neat, can I have it? Mm-hmm. He so said, he's like, are you sure you didn't do it? it? It's good. And she's like, no, but I'm starting to wish I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, ladies and gentlemen, the singing dork. And yeah. then, of course, Lisa immediately gets a note from the other side uh, of her desk. Yeah, which uh, is a picture of her. And it says Lisa, the singing dork at. Yes. So then, I get like, there's a, there's a dose of cynicism amongst the children in Lisa's class Towards Mr. Bergstrom. Yes. But not on Lisa's behalf. Absolutely not on Lisa's no. behalf. No, no, no. Then we're back up in Bart's classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Krabappel makes a mistake. Yeah, here. she asks if there are any other nominations, and those two little shits, Sherry and Terry, uh-huh. say Bart Simpson. That's and then right. they want him to have a speech. Yes, so he stands up and says, I had a speech ready, but my dog ate it. Did you notice what he was doing when they. Like, like. Yes, I did. I wrote it down. Yes, uh, he had a paper football. Yes, uh, I'll note that um, while he was singing, Mr. Bergstrom, I noted is a lefty. He's a left-handed person. Oh, okay. But yes, Bart was about to kick a paper football, Mm -hmm. Uh, and by kick, I of course mean flick flick it it with his well with his finger. Yeah. And uh, let me ask you a question because Bart was holding the paper in a certain way. How do you? Hold a paper football if you're going to kick the field goal. Hypotenuse between your forefinger, what is this? Index finger and thumb. And then like that. That's not the best way to do it. Are you fucking serious? I am. The best way to hold the paper football is to take the hypotenuse and put it on the table and hold the opposite point uh, and then flick it that way. Yeah. It is. Keeps uh, it keeps it much more in line. I remember when you I you mean by putting the point on the table instead of your thumb. No, I mean putting the, the hypotenuse, the, the 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 wide mm-hmm. line of the triangle, the mm-hmm. hypotenuse, flat on, the, on table. the table. Okay, and then holding it with your top finger and flicking it that way. It's a much stronger way to kick the football. You don't know, understand how badly I want to get up and go get a piece of paper <laughs> and make a paper football right now. I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> okay. I would say that we'd make a video of you trying it out and putting it on the Instagram, but Instagram will not accept those videos from us for whatever reason. Um, oh. Remember, because I tried to put up the whatever oh, major loser. it's the wrong loser. format, right? I don't or know something. what it is. I don't know. Anyway. It's very annoying. Okay. Either way, uh, Bart has been nominated and uh, Mrs. Krabappel uh, calls him up and says, I need someone very reliable to deliver a message to the principal's office. So she gives it to Bart. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bart is not very reliable. She's just trying to get him out of the classroom. Yeah, so she writes a note, and it says, please keep Bart busy for a few minutes, Mrs. K. Oh, I didn't notice what it said. Yeah, so she, like, you know, she's sending the message, but she just wants uh, Skinner to keep him busy. Uh-huh. Yep. 
Anyway, she sends him out of the classroom, and as soon as he gets out the door, sorry, I was she, reading the note, I'm afraid, so I lost she's, my spot. She's uh, she's chides the uh, she chides the class. She says, "What have I told you about encouraging him? When Bart wins approval for making a fool of himself, it makes him think that." And then we Milhouse see. jumps in, "Yay, yeah. Bart!" Because yeah. Bart's at the door with his face pressed against the glass, making a face. Yes. Yeah. And then the class does something that is so incredibly beautifully '90s that. I, I, I was thinking about writing it down in my notes, but I could not figure out the best way to write it that I would remember what I was talking about. They make this sound. Is that that's Arsenio Hall, isn't it? With the, the fist pump. Is it Arsenio Hall? I thought that was from the Arsenio Hall. Oh, show. I don't know. Speaking of nineties, like, yeah, yeah. that's very very I, popular. I remember waking up in the nineties and Arsenio Hall being on. Like mm. this would be a while after I had gone to bed mm-hmm. and I would sleep with my TV on for many years. Oh, okay. I actually slept with my TV on until I think I was in college. Wow. And it was just because I had a roommate then and I, you know, didn't want to yeah. bother my roommate. Sure. Uh, Thank you like, for not falling asleep with the TV on here in our house. Now I'm not even sure that I could fall asleep with the TV on, yeah. at least not quickly. We need that, the noise of that mattress. Uh, she means our... <laughs> <laughs> We bought a mattress and we uh, like we got the deluxe mattress so it vibrates and let me tell you something that shit is prime. And that's not like dirty vibrate. No, that is like it is like massage. It's it very really soothing. Is. It's very wonderful. Y'all, I like. I mean, I'm sure you've got my, your thoughts going on in your head about what happens on that mattress, and it does happen, but <laughs> but not when it's on vibrate. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, no, because it's just so nice and soothing. Yeah, it's hard to fall asleep without it now, which is not a good thing. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to figure it out because yeah. we're, we're gonna have to leave eventually. I don't know. I've fallen asleep on it. Uh, without it, like during the day before okay. taking a nap or something. What right. I can't fall asleep without, though, is, is a fan. That fan. Yeah. I need that fan. Yep. Uh, my fat ass sweats too much. Not well, so. <laughs> and the noise too from yeah. that. All right. Well. So, anyways, uh, the the kids are cheering on, uh, cheering on Bart, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening in their classroom. Then we cut back to Lisa's classroom, where Mr. Bergstrom is reading the end of Charlotte's Web. <laughs> And is being very emotional about Why it. Why is that a book that, like, every school child I don't know. in America reads? I don't know. It's so fucking sad. It, like, is it, like, supposed to introduce you to, like, death and loss? I, like, I don't know. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure I was introduced to death and loss by Goosebumps. So. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. But, like, I remember being in, like, second grade... Uh-huh. I mean, that tracks, uh, and, and having Charlotte's web read to me, how did the teachers read it without crying? I should ask my mom. She was a teacher. Oh yeah. She probably read it to yeah. her class. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Like, why is that, that? Why is that the book that we all remember from our childhood? That would be interesting. My, my yeah, my books are a little bit different because after sixth grade, I was, or after fifth grade, you I was were in, in Christian Jesus school. school. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, uh, you know, the books that I remember reading, many of them are just religion-based. And the ones that aren't religion-based are perceived to be religious in their nature. Uh, in other, you know, th- books like um, The Hobbit uh, and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So, Caitlin is literally texting her mother right I am. now. This cannot wait, I guess. <laughs> I 
always want to know. She let's be real. She's not going to look at her phone. She'll she'll probably text me back at like ten o'clock tonight. Uh huh. So, anyways, we see them reading the book, and then we cut to another scene within the class, and uh, the same class, I mean. And Mr. Bergstrom is uh saying, you know, saying, "Hey, everybody has a talent." He's talking directly to Janie. Uh, have we named Janie before? I'm not sure that we have. Uh, I mean, we've definitely referred to her before, but I don't know that we, we must know her name somehow. If if not, then we, we get it here for sure. Cause he says, he says it out, you know, outright. And uh, anyway, uh, she uh, shows that her talent is touching her nose with her tongue. Mm -hmm. And then we see Ralph Mm -hmm. and Ralph's, (laughs) Ralph's talent is to make this noise. Yeah. He like jiggles his his cheeks. cheeks. Yep. Um, And then he, uh, Chuck, turns his eyelids inside out. I knew a girl that used to do this yeah. and it's really gross. It is gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes me think about, um, the old Nickelodeon, uh, the boy who swung over the bar and became inside out boy. Do you remember that? I remember inside out boy, but I don't think I ever like, I mean, I remember the, the character's name, but I don't know what yeah. it looks like or anything. It was claymation. And okay. it was like a little mini show, like in between. Was it on like shows. Wienerville or something? Was it on Wienerville? It was something on Nickelodeon. Okay. But uh, yeah, Inside Out Boy, he, uh, I just remember the tale of the boy who swung over the bar and became Inside Out Boy. Oh, I don't know that I ever <laughs> paid that much attention to him. He uh, ran um shorts between commercials on Nickelodeon from 1989 to 1993. Stands to reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So at any rate, uh, we eventually come around to Lisa mm-hmm. and he says, you're holding out on us, Lisa. I see a saxophone over there. And Lisa is enamored with Mr. Bergstrom. She isn't, she doesn't want to play for him. I have something to say about the saxophone. Oh, okay. It it's, is in it's, a it's case. It's in a case. Yes, it is. Lisa <laughs> Got protection for her sax. That's no right. more raw dogging around town. That's right. We're not barebacking that saxophone anymore. And we didn't no even more. see it. Did we see it on in the opening credits on her bike? No. I'm sure that we did because it was like the Bart credits. jumps down over the car and then Lisa oh, okay. comes in. Okay. Well, it was probably in the credits, but yeah. she put it in a case. So good job, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. Why you got it in a case at school but not on the bicycle? That's, uh, that's, that's irresponsible. You know what? That thing's going to get destroyed. Hint, 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 hint. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, Mr. Bergstrom wants her to play, but she won't. She's like, no, I really just can't. And she says, please don't make me do it. He says, all right, but you owe me something special. Anyway, the kids are heading out. Uh, Lisa's got his hat on. Mm-hmm. And um, she is very clearly, you know, you know, thinking about Mr. Bergstrom. So she goes back into the building and she spies around the corner into a room where we get... Uh, a very famous mm-hmm. par- or a parody of a very famous scene. Yeah, so it should be noted first, though, as you said earlier to yes. me, yes. that the voice of Mr. Bergstrom is Dustin Hoffman. Correct. Who uh, starred in such movies as Tootsie <laughs> and uh-huh. The Graduate, and The Graduate, which yes. is what this scene is from. Yes. And so um, we we get a weird we get a not a weird we get a we get a mention of. Mrs. Krabappel's ex here, mm-hmm. Mr. Krabappel. Yes. By the way, do you? Uh, I just want. I was going to make a quick mention that I saw on one of the groups, one of the Simpsons groups this week, that a woman had made 
the Charlie Brown candle from Mrs. Yes. Kerbopple's apartment. She made it out of clay, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It's very, very cool. Yeah, the little Charlie Brown, like, half-melted candle. Yes. From, um, <laughs> I mean, you may see it in other episodes, but it is in Grade School Confidential. Yeah, that's the one. Skinner comes over to her apartment. I don't apartment. know if you ever see it anywhere else. But anyways, yes, that very famous candle from yes. when he comes over and they uh, don't do it. Right. They... Do other they have stuff. dinner <laughs> that's, that's and, right. and things. Maybe they're playing cards. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Yahtzee. Anyway, so she's explaining to Mr. Bergstrom that she's technically still married. Yep. Um, but there hasn't been any marriage to speak of since Mr. Krabappel moved into his little love nest. So he's left her, essentially. Yep. Um, and she says that the teaching profession can put a strain on marriage. But since he's gone, I've been looking for a substitute to teach me a lesson I sorely need. And then we get the very famous shot. Yeah. Right? Uh, where um, Mrs. Robinson. Uh, Robinson. Robinson. It was there somewhere. Who was played by Anne Bancroft in the movie. It, who was married to. Mel know? Brooks. Yes, correct. Yes. Good job. Whose birthday was the other day? It was the other Happy day. Happy birthday, old boy. He uh, 96. 96 years old. One yes. Of, one of the greats, so if not it's the greatest. The, yeah, you're trying to seduce me. Yes. Um, and, and, so, and a Dustin Hoffman's character in The Graduate is named Ben Braddock. I, I forgot that. I had to look it up. Anyway, uh-huh. um, so she's like, well, and he's like, I'm sorry. You're very nice, but it's the children I love. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay. So uh, Lisa witnesses this, and she, sh- I, she's like, this like enamors her even more to him. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I, I cannot figure out. As long as I have been watching The Simpsons, which is, I mean, over 30 years now, I've been watching The Simpsons. And I went through puberty watching The Simpsons. And I am an adult watching The Simpsons. I cannot figure out if Mrs. K is hot or not. I I, I don't know if she is. You mean if other people perceive her as Yeah. Like, we, we know that Patty and Selma... Are right. not attractive. Right. It is. It is very plain that they are mm-hmm. not attractive. Uh, but is Mrs. K hot, or or, or, or was she maybe I, like hot at one time? Maybe. And I I think she is. She is incredibly desperate. Yes. Which I think detracts from maybe whatever physical attributes. Yeah. She has. She will eventually take a photo of herself in lingerie uh, in, a, in a future episode uh-huh. and um <clears throat> excuse me um like, i think marge is supposed to be hot i think that marge is hot although we all know she's not as hot as maude right right <laughs> maude is hot um yeah like I, I don't i don't know i don't know i think she's supposed to be like the spinster type that's yeah. how i read her character yeah um she does not live at Spencer City, does she? This that's Patty and Selma. I don't think so. Um, but uh, at any rate, I, I just I, I don't know. Like, what do you think, listeners? Yeah, is l- let me ask you this: is is Mrs. K hot? Like, what do you think? I don't know. Hey, Sean D- Harley Davidson Johnson, um, what do you think? <laughs> I'm assuming you're hate listening to this, so go ahead and but drop us a line. Your dumb shit podcast <laughs> off my face. <laughs> <laughs> anyways all right um, so anyways uh yeah. sidebar and now we're back on track here yeah so this is when we uh, uh well i'm sorry so lisa witnesses this scene then she goes out and starts playing her saxophone 
Mr. Bergstrom's in the classroom, like, I guess grading papers or something. Yeah, yeah. And he hears her and he goes over to the window and he looks down. This is when we find out that it's a second story classroom. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is where the flip happens. And he sees her playing the saxophone and she sees him and he claps for her. Yes. It was very cute. Uh, a, a very a very nice uh, image of a teacher who stops what he's doing to pay attention to the expression, mm-hmm. the artistic expression in this case, of the student uh, that he recognizes has yeah. significant talent. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, her refusing to play for the class, but then him seeing her play and approving of that, yeah. that just kind of adds to her infatuation. Yeah, he's hardly a Mr. Largo, is he? Correct. <laughs> Much more on the bleeding gums end of things. Exactly. Yep. Uh, although more handsome. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we, He's we, probably gone to the dentist. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> At least once. Yeah. Um, she Lisa does refer to him as having Semitic good looks at one point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if that's happened just yet or... I don't know. No, I don't think so. Oh, she's talking... Okay. It's coming up. Oh, okay. Um, so then we cut to the Simpsons home. Lisa yep. and Marge are... Where are they? In the kitchen? No, they're folding laundry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. They're folding laundry. Snowball 2 jumps up and like rolls around on the clothes and I was like, ah, yes. How appropriate that, this, that the cat's doing that and this cat uh, has been jumping up on this table for the past 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Leo. Anyway, so they're talking about Mr. Bergstrom and, sh- and uh, Lisa tells Marge that when she falls asleep, Mr. Bergstrom is the last thing she thinks of and he's the first thing she thinks of when uh she wakes up yeah. and then marge is ex- i feel that way about your father yeah marge is explaining that homer makes Mar- her she herself how should i phrase homer this? makes her happy homer <laughs> homer makes her feel in a similar way yeah which lisa just cannot understand yeah um and she outright says no no you don't understand yeah and so and then this is when it goes mr bergstrom smiles you can only see these teeth but when you really make him laugh you can see these two teeth i think they're called the eye teeth i don't know if he had orthodontic work or what speaking of the dentist um but oh, yep. they're they're absolutely perfect i've noticed uh and then march says i've noticed those little things about your father too and then lisa's like oh no, no Mom, this, this is, is different. different yeah uh that man feels like uh wait this that man, man makes you feel like no there's nobody better yeah marge says your father does that to me and lisa is growing frustrated because marge is not acknowledging that mr bergstrom is the best human being that's ever walked the right. face of the earth here yeah <laughs> and, and yeah i mean lisa's what eight yeah. She's not going to understand how Homer makes Marge feel. No. Um, this is probably her first, like, full-on crush. Yeah, we don't even know the name Langdon Alger yet. No, we don't. <laughs> um, nobody does. Nobody does. Uh, <laughs> That's so, very good. Thank That's you. Very good. <laughs> so, uh, Y'all know we love that episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> Marge, uh, Marge asks... Uh, or, Lisa says, Mom, yes, are we going to talk? Are we going to talk? And then Lisa says, we are, Marge says, Lisa, we can talk, but first you have to accept the fact that I feel that way about your father. <laughs> and then she goes on about reading Charlotte's Web, and he cried at the end. Yeah, and he Lisa never... makes the mistake of continuing to talk about Mr. Bergstrom, especially about this aspect of his yeah. personality and his actions in front of Homer in Bart. Yeah, so by this point, they've come upstairs, and they're, ta- they're making their way into the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Homer and Bart think that that's hilarious that Mr. Bergstrom cried during Charlotte's web. <laughs> Are you made of stone? Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> 
I cried at Bart's dog gets enough. I didn't so. even make it through this fucking episode without crying. I know, y'all. we both <laughs> cried. Well, my eyes were watering, but it was very touching. <laughs> I'm having some allergy issues, but yes. Uh, it has been established. I cry at the drop of a hat. That's so. true. <laughs> Kirby. Uh, Kirby. Oh, <laughs> oh, Kirby. Oh, no. Uh, they say he's still up there. Yeah, so they're, they're talking about uh, our... Homer and Bart are like, a book made him cry? Making fun of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Lisa does one of the Marge, like, uh, yeah. 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 So anyways, we then cut to the classroom again. And uh, the kids are going to head out to uh, recess. And Mr. Bergstrom says something here that made me think twice. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, remember nobody, and I mean nobody, gets back in oh, they're going after, uh, for lunch. Mm-hmm. Gets back in after lunch without one igneous rock, that's volcanic, and one sedimentary, that's layered. Are you likely to find those together in the same place? I'm no geologist. No, I'm no geologist. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know for sure. But I- maybe they like imported gravel. On the playground. Fair enough. Yeah, there could be vol- imported of. volcanic rock, although that would be really shitty for the kids to fall. Yeah, it'd be really glad, like very <laughs> Cutting sharp. you up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you know... Have you seen the guy on um, TikTok who has a giant magnifying glass that melts rocks? Uh, it's no, very cool. I have not. I'm pretty sure I sent it to you. You probably forgot about it because I send you like 50 TikToks a day. This is true. Uh, but it's very cool. <laughs> Y'all, so, so like, I like TikTok. And I, I mean, I'll go so far as to say that I really like TikTok. But every time I open TikTok, I have like a thousand messages from, so I have like, TikTok will only allow you to send 15 people a TikTok at once. Like if you're going to send, uh, if you find something oh. you like and you send it out. I don't have 15 followers on TikTok. I have a few thousand followers I know you TikTok. do. You went viral on uh, TikTok a I while did. ago. Yeah, but um, at any rate, actually, Caitlin pointed out that it was the worst possible scenario because like, I went viral right when I started TikTok. And I yeah, since. it's been downhill ever since. So every every single like one I put up, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but um, I it, still love you. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad. You're viral to my heart. Uh, uh. Good, uh, good, good. <laughs> Um, anyways, um, what was I going to say? Uh, 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 about rocks. Oh, um. TikTok. Rocks. TikTok, rocks. Magnifying glass. Uh, I don't remember. You it, have a lot of TikToks when you open the app, so you can't actually look at other TikToks. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. But what yeah. I was going to say about, about rocks in, uh, oh, two things. One, magnifying glass. Um. Yeah. Uh, so I used to do a tour. I, the, I thought of this. Yeah. When I, I was telling that story. Go I used ahead. to do a tour at work and it was about uh, trade relations between people in the East in 18th century Virginia and uh, the Indians who lived in the West, specifically the Cherokee. And uh, I used to light a pipe with what they would call a burning glass. And we learned very quickly that uh, during the tour, I could not do that during something important. While we were talking about some anything important, because people would immediately stop listening and watch me light the pipe. Yeah, like I meant to it's do. It's a it cool to, party trick, though. It is, and you know, it, it totally works. And it was my intention to just make it a casual thing, like, oh, I'm just lighting my pipe mm-hmm. now. But people would just be like, "Hold, stop!" <laughs> <laughs> and that actually is what prompted me to want to start talking about. Uh, I, I talk a lot about uh, 18th century science and astronomy because. 
after a while, I was like, man, you people would absolutely lose your shit. If you are watching me light a pipe and, and having your minds blown, you would lose your mind if you realized that we knew the actual distance from the Earth to the sun in mm-hmm. the 18th century, which is sort of related to what I was going to say about the rocks. I know the distance. What is it? One astronomical unit. Ah, yes, very good. <laughs> it is. Thank you. And uh, did you know? That in the 3rd century BC, Aristarchus attempts to determine the distance between the Earth and the Sun based on the distance between the Earth and the Moon. Of course, we don't know the distance between the Earth and the Moon in the 3rd century BC. So what's the distance between the Earth and the Moon? One million Earths and Moons. It's one. It's yeah. just one, right? It's right. one Earth one moon equals, distance. Yeah. So in short, he's not measuring the actual distance. He's measuring a proportionate yeah. distance. And what he reasons is that if you're looking at the moon in the sky and the sun is out, mm-hmm. if the moon is half full, his reasoning was, it stands to reason, that the moon is creating a right angle between the earth, moon, and sun. Oh, okay. And if it's a right angle, then you trigonometry. can... That's right. You can use simple trigonometry. So he measured the angle that with the earth at the fulcrum between the moon, earth, and sun. Hold on. Sean, are you still with us? <laughs> Okay, go on. He then rode off in the sunset. (laughs) (laughs) This show sucks. Stay off page. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Carry on with your lesson. Anyway, that's just to say that uh, he uh, measured that angle at 87 degrees and was able to use the one of the Earth-Moon distance to determine... That the Earth is 40 times farther from the Sun than the Moon is from the Earth. So which proportion. Is incorrect. Um, wow. Well, but his me- it was just because he didn't have the uh, good measuring equipment sure. at the time. Anyways. I mean, I'll- shit, it's a third century. I was going on the other night about having to go to a video store. <laughs> how, yeah. How, like, what is this? The stone- We were watching Stranger Things, and part of that takes place in a video rental store. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? What a time to be alive where we can, we have literally thousands of movies in our TV. And I still cannot just bring myself to pick one. Yes, that, but also like if I want to watch a movie that is not available, I'm not going to leave my house to go get it. Are you kidding? You, 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 you you cretin. Yeah. What, you Philistine? Exactly. (laughs) So, all right. All right, let's move, let's move this along. We are eight minutes into this episode. Okay. Uh, So, at any rate. Uh, Mr. Bergstrom is talking to Lisa and he says, hey, I couldn't help but notice that your homework is always very neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, does your father help you with it? And she says, no, that's not my father's specialty. And he says, well, there's no shame in it. My dad, and she cuts him off immediately. Mm-hmm. Not mine. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't let me finish. Well, unless the next word was burp. I missed that word. I, I didn't figure out. I couldn't hear what she said. Oh, and yeah, the, yeah. Unless the next word is burp, uh, you don't have to. Yeah, that I I think this is like kind of the the moment where we realize that Lisa is uh, questioning Homer's. I don't. Uh, she is. What's the word? I'm gonna use the word. I got. Okay. It. She is disenchanted. There you go. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> that's a good. Uh, I get. To, I I see what you did there. Yeah, first yeah, of yeah, all, yeah. See what you did there, but also that's a good word to describe the situation because Lisa is realizing that Homer is maybe not the ideal man yeah lisa holds mr bergstrom to a very high plane yes and she 
very clearly does not. She is judging her father off based of, of based Mr. off of Bergstrom. him. Yes, there's correct. an old. I think there's. I think it's Einstein who says that uh, if you judge a fish on its ability to fly, then every fish will be a failure. Right. Right. Or something yeah, along those yeah, lines. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. And this is we kind of see that here, right? Right. So, anyways, uh, we have then cut over to the Krabappel classroom mm-hmm. to Bart's class, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Martin and Bart are campaigning. Yes, they're doing more speeches. Did I ever tell you about what I ran for treasurer in sixth grade? I don't think so. <laughs> Did you get you got in trouble for your poster? Did I? Oh, maybe I, that's something else. I think maybe I did, and it had something to do with with this. Okay. I because I I have a memory. I, it's stuck back there somewhere of me using the uh, what Bart does here in just a little bit, and I'll talk about that once we get to it. Okay. But when I ran, I, I decided I was going to run for class treasurer in sixth grade, mm-hmm. and everybody got up and uh, this was this was in a Christian school, right? So everybody got up and was like, "I feel like I am called to this position. God has called me to this position." So I got up and I was like. I was called to to run for treasurer in this sixth grade class. Like, and I said it like, I said the words, but it it was blatantly disingenuous. Right, right. Uh, I did not win the election. Oh, that's okay. Uh, At that school, the good kids were the very Christian kids. I see. that's just the way that it was. I did not uh, run for office. Did I run for office? No. That's not something I would have done. I wasn't cool enough to do that. I was cool in college, but I was not cool when I was at, at middle and high school. Right. So. Okay. Well, so Martin is going on about the um, asbestos in the school. <laughs> yes. And he's, you know, spouting statistics. The state inspector found 1.74 parts per million of asbestos. Mm-hmm. And then Bart goes, that's not enough. Yeah, he jumps we- right in. He's, he's just, he's. Is this? A, I guess this is supposed to be a debate. Yes, and uh, Bart is just riding the rail of. Is just riding the rail of riling up the he's, class. He's right? being the the um, antagonist, I guess, yeah. and or uh, the foil or whatever. He's he just wants people to like him. Yeah. So he decides that he's going to rile the class up and he's like, we want more asbestos, more asbestos. So they start chanting. Yep. We get a little newspaper here from the daily fourth grader. Yeah. Uh, Bart Simps, Bart, Bart to Martin, eat my shorts. And this Can is you imagine when... having an elementary school with a daily paper. Oh my God. <laughs> God. Jeez. Hey, it was a big deal to be asked to do announcements in my middle, oh, elementary school. Oh, okay. And I, I did the announcements. Of course you did. Of, of course, course you did. Hey, I was a good kid. <laughs> Except you were a terrible t- treasurer. I was, Cam- well, that's okay. I didn't candidate. Have, that's, that's all right. Uh, we'll quote later on uh, yeah. what Homer says about that. Um, but uh, at any rate... Homer's uh, very proud of him. He, he is. goes, hey, you made the, for- the front page. And- yep. And Bart here with a, with a real moment of clarity. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, it's just a popularity contest. Contest. Mm-hmm. Well, Homer responds with, excuse me, what's more important than popularity? Uh, and so, uh, long story short, with this scene here, we, Bart, uh, Bart is going to run. Homer is very proud of him, and mm-hmm. he, has got, he has got Homer's support. Yes. Uh, he says, now go get him. And Bart, <laughs> something kind of weird, he just goes, yeah. and growls, and then heads out the door. Yeah. So... Uh, we then cut back to Bart in another debate situation with Martin. He is pointing the finger at Martin. Says mm-hmm. he says there aren't any easy answers. I say he's not looking hard enough. Mm-hmm. And cheer. everybody's cheering. cheering. Bart, Bart, Bart. Yeah, Bart. everybody is is has the tide has turned, and Bart is now the front runner uh, in and- the. 
election. Now we have a little a little teeny montage of the campaign continuing with signs, mm-hmm. uh, and we get a we get a predecessor to the uh, to the hockey episode um, joke of kill Bart, kill Bart, kill Bart, kill Bart, mm-hmm. because Martin hangs up a sign that says. Uh, a vote for Bart Simpson is a vote for anarchy. Mm-hmm. And then Bart also hangs a mm-hmm. sign that says, a vote for Bart Simpson is a vote for anarchy. Yeah, and then we see Homer um, helping Bart make some signs, and one of them says, sex, now that I have your attention, please vote for Bart Simpson. This is the sign that I made. Is it? <laughs> that's, okay. See, that's the poster you got in trouble for in your Christian school. Did you oh, say sex? Oh, man. I'm pretty sure that I did. You talked about S-E-X in front of the C-H-I-L-D-R-E-N? Sex cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well. There's, there's, there's an awful lot of people from that school. That yeah. I, I'm not sure why they still follow me on Facebook, but uh, they... <laughs> They do because you're a cool dude. I, you know, you know what it is. is that, um, let's just be honest. I'm very funny. Uh, well, you are. That's why I married you. Uh, oh, the only reason. Why. I thought it was my giant wiener. Make me laugh. No. Oh. What? Ow. <laughs> oh, sad times. Okay. So, uh, anyways, Bart has is campaigning. He is doing very well in mm-hmm. the campaign, and then we cut to Mr. Burstrom and Lisa. Watching all this happen. Yeah, from this is the scene where we where also it's they're on the second floor. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah. And Lisa says, "Oh, you'll never go broke appealing to the lowest common denominator." Yes. Yeah, that is correct. And then Mr. Bergstrom tells her that she's gonna miss her brother's antics, uh-huh. uh, and that's when the uh, she's like, "When?" And he's like, "When?" When the rest of your life takes, uh, sorry, when your life takes you places the rest of us have only heard about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in short, what we get here is that Mr. Bergstrom is saying to Lisa that she's going to go places. It's going to yeah. she's gonna be a big name. She says, uh, she says to him, places where my intelligence can be an asset and not a liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, just kind of like digging that, that like love and admiration for Mr. Bergstrom in a little bit more. Well, he's, he's, he then says, you know, there is such a place. Believe me, it's true. And she responds very straightforward. She says, I believe everything you say with your words, your body language. And here it is, your yeah. Semitic good looks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I guess. And then we cut to the class. All the kids are there. Here's the and, callback. Here's the good callback. Okay. Bart. Uh, it's not Bart. Uh, uh, Ralph. Ralph. Ralph yes. is reading his card and letter that he has written to Miss Hoover. He uh-huh. says, Dear Miss Hoover, you have Lyme's disease. We miss you. Kevin's biting me. Come back soon. Here is a drawing of Spirochetti. I don't know. I'm, I don't remember. Yeah. Love Ralph. And so we see his little little drawing, and it's very cute. And Mr. Bertram uh-huh. says, That's great, Ralph. Um, the bell rings, the kids start to head out of the room at this point, and mm-hmm. he, he announces that the Springfield Museum of Natural History will be closing forever due to lack of interest, so I urge you to see it while you can. Yeah, it's closing in the next two weeks. Yep. So then we cut back to the Simpsons house. Homer and Bart are on the couch. Marge is there and comes up to Homer and says, Lisa needs to go to the museum tomorrow, and uh-huh. I think you should take her. Yep. Um... We he get, we, he feigns that he has plans. We have we get something big here. 
I think this is the first Internal time. Internal monologue. Yeah. This is the first time that Homer's brain talks to him, I think. Okay. And so uh, this will set up a number of great jokes later in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get, uh, we get Homer's brain that... Uh, Homer's brain is a different character than Homer. Like, mm-hmm. Homer's brain is smarter than Homer, but not very smart still. Right. And, <laughs> and yeah, so, so and, he's trying to think of an excuse. And yeah. he said, oh, Marge, I'd love to, but I was planning on, and then we hear... Sleeping, eating a big sandwich, yeah. watching TV, spending spending time with the boy. Yeah. <laughs> the boy needs attention, Marge. Yep. Yes. And uh, Marge says, I've been talking to Lisa. I'm concerned about uh, your relationship with her. And Bart jumps right in. Me too, Mom. I think they're drifting apart. Yeah, and then Homer tells him to shut up. Yeah, he's, and then we come back in and we're talking to the brain again. Marge, you don't understand. I can't do it because uh, you're trapped. Uh, if you were smarter, you might think of something, mm-hmm. but you're not. <laughs> yeah, he goes, okay, I'll take her. Lousy, lousy brain. Lousy brain. Yeah, so yes. then we go to the museum and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Homer is discussing with the museum visitor services person the admission fee. Yes. And, and the admission fee is a suggested donation. Much like the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City, yeah, their exorbitant entry fee is a suggested donation. You do not have to pay. How much is it? Uh, the last time I was there, I think it was 25 bucks, But we got in free because yeah. of where we work. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or where we I worked. Worked. Uh, anyway uh so he's kind of dickering back and forth with her and he's like what she's like you can pay any amount you wish Uh and he said what if i wish to pay zero and essentially the lady's like oh well that's your prerogative um so while homer and lisa are talking to the lady at the admission booth lisa spots mr bergstrom yes who is putting his money in the box in the suggested donation box yeah yep yeah, and, and, Ho- and Homer, like, Homer's introduction to Mr. Bergstrom is, hey, you don't have to pay. Read the sign. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what we get here is we get a sequence of events where uh, we, we see the dichotomy of Homer mm-hmm. and Mr. Bergstrom. Right. They're just two different folks. Exactly. And they are, again, you know, if, if you judge a fish on its ability to fly. Yeah. You know, uh, and so by that, uh, we see that Lisa is very disappointed in mm-hmm. Homer and highly, uh, highly admires Mr. Bergstrom. We just get more of that in here uh, by them looking at the mummy. Right. And Homer they, saying, yeah. you know, I'd rather have him cha- chase me than the wolf man. Yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, they just kind of, they're like, they're, they go through the museum together and. Mr. Bergstrom is like explaining stuff to Lisa, but then Homer like has his commentary too. And it's just not at the same level. Yeah. It's it's more um, pedestrian than what Mr. Bergstrom is telling Lisa. I have experienced that before in, in museums. Mm -hmm. I I went to see um, one of the bodies exhibits at one point uh, where they have plasticized, Mm -hmm. you know, human bodies. And the person I was with turns to me and says, Make this interesting for me, <laughs> and I went. This is this is a human body, <laughs> right? I was, I was like, I was like, this is like, this is you, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I don't know. Well, and I, I think too, what uh, what's happening here is that it's very clear that Homer doesn't know anything about this stuff, yeah. But he is trying to connect with Lisa in yeah. in providing commentary, but he's doing a very 
bad job of it. He is reaching out to Lisa, but Lisa is not reaching back here is, exactly. is a lot of what we're seeing. Exactly. And, and had Mr. Bergstrom not been there, then maybe like we would have a different dynamic. I think that but we that's, would. that's not the point of the episode. I think that we would. I think the end of this episode makes that point. Right. Uh, and uh, at any rate, so Homer and Mr. Bergstrom eventually sit down at the table in the museum cafe mm -hmm. together while Lisa is looking at something. And he says, I, I think that Lisa does not feel like she has any strong male role models. Mm -hmm. And anyways, uh, Homer immediately crumbles. <laughs> He's, yeah. He says, he says, did she say that? No, she didn't say that. But, but you can tell, right? Uh, and uh, he starts to break down and cry. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mr. Bertram says, Mr. Simpson, you've got to be the bigger man here. Uh, a wonderful yeah. girl's future is at stake. Um. I'm going to go back to a little bit what we were talking about earlier. Okay. Uh, just in the sense that Lisa doesn't understand Homer, but that's a two-way street because he doesn't get her either. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a whole situation with the two of them, especially here. But yeah. like, I feel like that's throughout the series. Yeah, it, it is. And I mean, in truth, I mean, isn't this what makes them interesting? Right? No. It's... it's Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah sorry. It's, 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 it, I think you could compare it, uh, in, in some ways to the odd couple, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a slovenly liberal and mm -hmm. I'm a fastidious conservative. Mm -hmm. Let's make a sitcom. Right. To use the old family guy joke. Right. Uh, and so we see these two people who are very different from each other, who are always going to be around each other. Right. And as a result, hijinks ensue right exactly sometimes they're very funny and other times they're very touching and sometimes, yeah sometimes they're very touching like yeah so it's it's just kind of um the dynamic between them and i think that that's really developed in this episode yeah uh, it is revealed that lisa's going to get an a in the class homer mm -hmm. thinks it's because homer uh you know spoke with mr bergstrom about it mm -hmm. and then we cut to lisa and marge uh, walking up the stairs to the upstairs of the Simpsons household. Mm -hmm. And uh, she is complaining because she says, he ruined the one chance I had of getting to know Mr. Bergstrom outside of school. Yeah, she's upset that her dad was with her. Yeah. Um, and then Marge suggests that they invite Mr. Bergstrom to dinner. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, and she's, Lisa <laughs> is excited AF. She thinks that's the greatest idea. She wants to find out what his favorite food is so she can make it. We, she can. She wants to wear jewelry. She then asks, she says, can I get my ear pierced? <laughs> ears pierced? No. And Marge says, no. <laughs> and then dye my shoes? Yes. Can paint I paint my nails? My nails? No. no. Uh, can we have wine? Yes. Can I have wine? No. no. Um, so, you know, does Bart have to be there? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Then we immediately cut to Lisa outside the classroom. She's practicing. So we see something here that I don't think we really see a whole lot of Lisa. She's we, nervous. We see Lisa... Uh, nervous, and we see her. We see we see vulnerable Lisa a good deal, mm -hmm. but we don't see vulnerable in love Lisa right. very much. Well, and she's got a little bow in her hair. She does. She, she's <laughs> yes. gussied up she for the part, and so she's practicing. And did you hear what she said? Because we have talked about this recently. What's that? She said, "If you're not doing anything this Friday, no, no, oh, no." Yeah, and yeah. then she goes, "Mr. Bergstrom, do you like pork chops?" Oh, no, no, of course not. If they're doing Friday. Oh, yeah. It's Pork Chop it's Night. Pork chop night. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, anyway, that's just a little uh, sidebar. Yeah, there. I, you know what? I didn't connect that it was Friday, uh, and therefore mm -hmm. you were correct. Yeah, yep. that would be Pork Chop Night. Yeah, and so they Lisa. Missed one since the yeah, so then. 
That's true. Um, so then Elisa finally gets up the nerve to go into the classroom. She opens the door, and who is there? Miss Hoover. Hoover. Yep. Womp womp. And as it turns out, Miss Hoover's symptoms were psychosomatic. <laughs> so she has She's to... teaching the children what psychosomatic means. <laughs> and somebody goes, Does that mean you're crazy? <laughs> and then somebody goes, No, that means she was faking it. And then she goes, Well, no, actually, it was a little bit of both. Yes. <laughs> Which. Miss, Miss Hoover then complains because Mr. Bergstrom didn't teach from the lesson plan. Mm-hmm. And she goes, What did he teach you? Teach you? And Lisa says, that life is worth living. And then she gasps, cries, and runs out of the classroom. Yeah, she's embarrassed. Yes. Uh, and then we cut to Mrs. Krabappel's classroom. It's voting day, it baby. Is, it is election day. Yeah. And she says the the polls are open from now until recess. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in... Uh, Wait, hold up. Sorry. Just in case any of you have decided to put any thought into this, we'll have our final statements. Yeah, and it's important to note it's not until recess. It's the end of recess. Oh, sorry. The end of recess. Yeah. So, uh, at any rate... um, Martin is struggling. Yeah. (laughs) He he looks like he's already been elected president and aged about 50 years. He looks like Homer did when he was eating the the giant sub sandwich (laughs) and got sick in the Duff Gardens episode. Oh, (laughs) Uh, anyway, he's turned the color of Wendell is the yeah. point. <laughs> he's very pale. Yes. And then um, Bart says, victory party under the slide. And then everybody's Everybody cheering. vacates. Everybody's out. And mm-hmm. then we cut back. Uh, yeah. So Lisa, not only has she run out of the classroom, she has run out of the dang school because she she's, tries to find Mr. Bergstrom. Yes. Um, she is distraught that she may never see him again. And she's run, uh, she's run, uh, to some other place in Springfield, which uh, presumably, not presumably, it was where he was staying. It's the happy gypsy. You pay by the day. So Mr. Bergstrom, I guess is, I know, I know that's, that's a little gross now, but, um, I guess he's more itinerant than anything. Yeah. So she's yelling. She's like, Mr. Bergstrom, Mr. Bergstrom. And uh, she, somebody comes to the window. Yes. And uh, she says, he moved out this morning. Mm-hmm. He must have a new job because he took his Copernicus costume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then he. Ma'am, then, when did you see his Copernicus costume? Wouldn't you like to know? Well, yes, I would. Was he <laughs> circumnavigating that booty? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Well, anyway, so so Lisa asks the lady, uh, do you know where I can find him? And then the lady tells her that he is getting on the next train to Capital City. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two have an exchange here, a, 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 a not just an exchange of words. They have an exchange of mutual sentiment towards yes. Mr. Bergstrom. Yes. Because Lisa says, ah, the train, how like him, traditional, yet environmentally sound. And the woman replies... Yes, and it's been the backbone of our country since Leland Stanford drove that golden spike at Promontory Point. Promontory? It's in Utah. Utah? Utah. (laughs) Utah. Promontory Point. Really? Yeah. Where in Utah is it? Uh, Where the gold spike is. Uh, I, I don't know I don't exactly know where, where it is, but okay. I, I believe it's in Utah. I could gotcha. be wrong. Stay tuned next week for the oops, I fucked up. Uh, well, either way. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Lisa says, I see he touched you too. And, and they're both, both like, yep. <sighs> yeah. Then we cut to Bart. He's on the playground. It's recess. Walking around with some good looking cupcakes. Yeah, they have icing on them. Finally. They're pink, like pink and chocolate looking and they look pretty good. Yeah. He's thanking everybody for their vote. He talks to Nelson. Nelson says he didn't vote. Yep. He voting's for geeks. Yep. He thanks Sherry and Terry for the vote. They forgot. They forgot. Milhouse and Lewis didn't. Yeah. Uh, and, and um, 
He finds out that nobody has voted. Yeah, and uh, then they respond. I think it's Lewis says, somebody must have voted. What about you? And Bart realizes he didn't he vote didn't either. Vote. And so he he's, is upset. Well, he's he's going to turn and run to go vote. And then the, the bell, bell rings. rings. That's the end exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah, he screams. So we cut inside the classroom. Martin and Wendell are jumping up and down cheering. Uh, and Bart wants a recount, so... So Miss Krabappel does the recount. I remember the scene very well from being little oh, yeah. and watching this, yes. One it's, vote for Martin. One for Martin. Two, two for, for Martin. Martin. So Wendell and Martin are the only two people that voted in the entire class. That's right. Martin is now the class president. Yep. Yep. Then we cut to the train station. Yes. This is the iconic scene. Oh, okay. This is the iconic moment. Okay. Lisa runs up and... He says, hey, Lisa. And she says, hey, Lisa, indeed. And she's just falling all over her words Mm -hmm. here. Were you just going to leave like that? He says, I'm sorry. The life of a substitute teacher. He's a fraud. Today, he might be wearing gym shorts. Tomorrow, he's speaking French or pretending to to know how to run a bandsaw or God knows what. And then Lisa says what she wants to say. Mm -hmm. You can't go. You're the best teacher I'll ever have. And he says, that's not true. Others will come along. And, and then she says, oh, please. And he responds, well, I can't lie to you. I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> but they need me over in the projects of Capital City. And Lisa says, but I need you too. Mm-hmm. And his response is, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the problem with being middle class. Anyone who really cares will abandon you for those who need it more. And then that kind of clicks with her. And she's like, okay, I understand. Yeah. She says, I'm going to miss you. And he says, I'll tell you what. He takes out a notepad. It says, whenever you feel like you're alone and there's nobody you can rely on, this is all you need to know. He folds the paper and hands it to her. And he gets on the train. Yep. And she says, if you don't mind, I'll just run alongside the train as it speeds you from my life. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he gets on. Uh, the train starts to go away. She's running alongside. He opens the window, says, "It's Le- goodbye, Lisa, honey. It'll be okay. Read the note. And she Here reads the is. note. Yes. And the note oh. says, you are Lisa Simpson. Uh. <laughs> That's okay. That I get that. Okay. That's the one. Sorry. I wasn't sure that that was the moment you were talking about. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I'm not sure how many more there are some. Yes. But I'm not sure how many more, if there are many more iconic Simpsons moments than that. And I think, I'm, I'm, uh, man, I don't know if I should say this in the end of the episode, but I'm going to say it now anyway. I think this is an iconic episode. I think it belongs in the golden years. Okay. I think it does. Okay. Uh, it was too good. Okay. And there's too much goodness in it. And we're not even at the best, funniest no, lines we're, yet. we're not even. We're not even there yeah. yet. So we're let's really keep going. Barely. <laughs> man, I really blew my load on that one, didn't whoa, I? Here we go. Whoa. <laughs> so anyway. Just like Copernicus did oh. on that lady's booty. Whoa. So <laughs> circumnavigates the two spheres with his ass. Yeah, it's all, <laughs> it's all very, um, oh. <laughs> it's all very sweet. And wonderful. Yes, it is. Yeah. So. Then we're back at the Simpsons house. Yes. And Homer is complaining because Bart didn't get a single vote. And uh, anyways, he's he's mad about Bart losing the election and turns Lisa. She's obviously upset. What are yeah, you so mopey they're, about? They're at the dinner table. We didn't say oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyways, uh, she says nothing. But Marge says, tell, tell your father. And so she tells him that Mr. Bergstrom left today and that he's mm-hmm. gone forever. Yeah. And uh, 
Lisa says, I didn't think you'd understand because Homer is just saying, oh, yeah. and. And uh, anyways, Homer give, delivers at this point one of the best Homer lines in the Simpsons series. <laughs> and it, it is utilized outside of this context to be very funny. Mm-hmm. It's funny in this context, yeah. but it's way funnier outside of the context. Yeah. Uh, she says, I didn't think you'd understand. He says, hey, just because I don't care doesn't mean I don't understand. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> in my life. Yes. Because I, I don't know that I had ever heard that, that before we watched this. Oh, and it's, really? That's very good. I'm astonished that you have not heard me say that before. Oh, you, you probably said it. I just didn't pick <laughs> up on yeah. like what you were talking about. Um, anyways, uh, Lisa is, is not about this. She, mm-hmm. uh, she, she says, I'm glad I'm not crying because I would hate for you to think that what I'm about to say is based on, an, on emotion. But you, sir, are a baboon. Yeah. And, and Homer's like, what? Me? And she's like, yes, yes, baboon, baboon, baboon. I don't think you realize what you're saying. And she's just screaming. She's so upset. Baboon! Yeah. Uh, Lisa then runs off crying, goes upstairs, and he says, I can't believe... I just can't believe, uh, I can't believe this. She said, did you hear that, Mark? She called me a baboon. The stupidest, ugliest, smelliest ape of them all. You know what I was thinking in this moment? They're, mo- they're not apes. Oh, that's not oh, what I, no. okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what I was thinking, but okay. I think that you're right about that. Yeah, they're you're not You're thinking apes. of the, they're not, they're not apes. The wiki told me. What is the stupidest, ugliest, smelliest ape? It's not a baboon. It's a human. It's a quidgibo. Oh! <laughs> Right. Yeah, North American ape even. That's right. Yeah. I'm gonna need you to vamp. Oh, okay. Oh, Caitlin's gotta pee. Yep. All right. So let's uh let's take this opportunity of Caitlin. Oh, there she's scuttling off. Ding 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 ding. Uh so let's take this opportunity to start to move through the episode here a little bit. Uh Homer is feeling sad for himself, ugliest, smelliest ape of them all, and Marge cuts him off immediately. You don't have you are not allowed to have hurt feelings right now. There's a little girl upstairs who needs you. Her confidence in her father is shaken, and no little girl can be happy unless she has faith in her daddy. I think really what we see here, uh, and Caitlin's not here to bounce off of this, but I think what we're really seeing here is we are seeing once again the, uh, the, the reestablishment of the phrase that we have utilized on the podcast over and over and over and over again. And I mean, we're just going to keep drilling this home because this is important. Marge loves Homer, and Homer loves Marge. And here, in this moment, we see that Marge and Homer love Lisa and Bart and Maggie, too. Oh, here she comes back. Ding, 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 ding. Um, and so, we, in this moment, you know, Le- uh, Marge sees what's important. She says, you're not allowed to have these hurt feelings here. She needs you, and you, have to, you need to do this. So, Homer begrudgingly... Goes upstairs, uh, but he realizes right away, look who's back. Hi. <laughs> he realizes, uh, you know, that this is his duty. He walks in, and this is not important at all, But I'm, and I'm sorry to bring this up, but I, I feel like we should say Lisa's sitting on a normal chair. I a know, she stool. doesn't have her little knee stool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, Homer walks in and says, Lisa, don't hold anything back. You can tell me. Are you crying because you called daddy a baboon? And she sharply turns around. No. (laughs) And he's like, oh, okay, that's not it. Um, And anyway, he then tries to sit, but he sits on her dollhouse and breaks 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 the dollhouse. Uh, And he says, this isn't going well at all. 
And she turns and says, look, if you just want me to forgive you, and Homer admits here. He doesn't say it as much, but he is admitting. He doesn't know. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know how to deal with her. Yeah, he says, "I just wish I knew what to say." And he uh, opens up a little dancing ballerina music box, which provides some some good underscoring music here. Mm -hmm. And he says, "Maybe this music will help." And he then says, "You lost someone special. It hurts." I'm lucky because I never lost anyone special to me. Everyone special to me is under this roof. Oh, we haven't got to Mother Simpson yet. No, we haven't. <laughs> uh, but everyone is special to me is under this roof. And uh, he yeah. then says, you're going to have lots of special people in your life. You see what's happening here? We're getting a parallel to the Bergstrom conversation they had looking out the window when mm. he was talking about all the places. All the places she'll go, yeah. yeah. You, you'll have lots of special people in your life, Lisa. There's probably somewhere, someplace, uh, probably someplace where they all get together and the food is real good and the guys like me are serving drinks. And he says, <laughs> maybe I can't explain all this, but I can fix your dollhouse for you. At least I'm good at... Monkey work. Monkey work. Yeah, yeah. and then... And then he goes, you know, monkey. She, and uh, so he... Yeah, she's not responding to him, so he gives her that nudge Yeah, there. and then he starts acting like a monkey. He says, I can hold these nails with my tail. And yes. he's like jumping around. And yep. then she starts laughing. Yeah. And you know what? Homer loves Lisa. Mm -hmm. And Lisa loves Homer. I heard you saying that when I was in yeah. the bathroom. And here... Uh, and here we get that connection. Yeah. Right? They haven't had this connection this whole episode. Right. But Homer is willing to let himself play the fool here. Mm -hmm. He even dances around yeah, like, like a monkey. Yeah, to make his kid feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And and then that Lisa apologizes to him for calling him a baboon. Yep. Think nothing of it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So the situation with Lisa, resolved. Right. He walks past the door. We got to solve the B plot too, don't yep. we? Yep. Oh, uh, sorry. He walks past Bart, who is bouncing a tennis ball off of his wall. He says, "What's the matter?" He says, "Well, if Milhouse and Lewis had voted, and then we get another great Homer line. Mm -hmm. I remember this as well. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure I said this after I lost the Treasury election." <laughs> uh, he said, "Hey, son, would you have gotten any money for being class president?" No. no. Would you have have to do extra work? Yeah. And is this Martin guy going to get to do anything neat like throw out the first ball of the World Series? No. Well, then let the baby have his bottle. Yeah. I, I distinctly remember saying those words, let the baby have his bottle. Oh, okay. And they both laugh, and uh, Bart says, thanks, monkey man. Mm -hmm. And he walks out the door, and Homer does something that we have talked about them doing They've a done lot. this a lot. Yep. Holy moly, talk about good parenting. That's right. We may be the best parents in the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what these two scenes do that I think is a lot more nuanced than it has been in previous episodes What's that? is return stuff to the status quo. So like we oh, had yeah. this tension between Homer and Lisa yep. Bart kind of had his own thing going on and it, it all kind of comes together at this yep. point, but this is not how it would have been handled earlier in the series. No. Uh, uh, yeah, I think probably not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, we're on episode what this is the 32nd episode. Uh -huh. So like they're definitely hitting their stride at this point. So, then uh, to, to oh. wrap things up with all the kids, he walks past Maggie's room. She's asleep in the crib. Mm -hmm. um, but she's crying or fussing. Is she fussing? Yeah, she's going. Wah. Oh, there's a fun bit about this scene on the um, on the wiki. Oh, yeah. I guess because Nancy Cartwright, 
quote unquote voices Maggie. Yeah, yeah. Making her sound effects and whatnot. Uh-huh. And I guess that while they were recording, uh, Nancy Cartwright's husband brought her baby to the studio and she asked if her baby could do the voice of Maggie. And so technically this is not Nancy Cartwright. It is her kid. Oh, I I had no idea. That's what the wiki said. Thanks wiki. If that's true, I don't know, (laughs) but it's a nice story. It's from a wiki. It's gotta be true. Yeah. Uh, So anyways, Maggie is there. She's fussing around a little bit. And so he just takes her pacifier and puts it in her mouth Mm -hmm. and she's satisfied. You know, that would satisfy Maggie. Yep. And And that's when he walks out and says, he goes three three for three. three. So he comes downstairs, and we're at the final scene here. He walks in, and Marge says, did you straighten everything out? And he goes, up, 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 up. Don't say anything, Marge. Let's just go to bed. I'm on the biggest roll of my life. They are about to turn that vibrating mattress on, baby. Yes, they are. And then we (laughs) cut to credits. End of episode. Yeah. I loved this episode. Tell, I, I know that you already know that. Tell me what you thought. Uh, this is the first time I've watched this. Um, I thought it was very good. You're right. It's very touching. It, there's a lot that goes on. Mm-hmm. The the Bart B plot, eh, fine. But the the character development that we get between Homer and Lisa and all that kind of stuff, uh-huh. that definitely m- makes up for it. I don't know that I would say this necessarily is where the golden years would begin. Right. But I would say, as I said earlier, this episode belongs. belongs in the golden in the golden conversation. Okay. Uh I the jokes are funny in this episode. The plot is well is well thought out. There's a solid B plot in here. There are iconic moments. Mm-hmm. Highly quotable moments. Right. Uh, just because I don't care doesn't mean I don't right. understand. Yeah. Right. Uh, a a strong foil, you might say, in Mr. Bergstrom to the relationship. Uh, yeah. This I think is you a, did say that This earlier, is a actually. solid. Is Mr. Bergstrom a one-off? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's one of the one-offs. A, a yep. solid one-off. Yeah. Caitlin and I have been talking about one-off characters and... Uh, a, a, a friend of the show, Chris, uh, Chris Glick, uh, reached out and was talking to us about uh, doing a bonus episode about the best one-off characters. I think Mr. Bergstrom would be on there. Yeah, he's not seen in person again. And a turnaround, uh, mind you, from last week's celebrity guest appearance, who was Ringo Starr as Ringo, Ringo Starr. Star. Yeah, so this is a celebrity not portraying themselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. And actually, he wasn't even credited as himself. He was credited as... Sam-etic. Semitic. <laughs> I thought that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and so uh, the wiki also said that like this and the Michael Jackson, um, Stark Raving Dad, uh-huh. he was not credited as Michael Jackson, but because of the problems with that episode, yeah. they have no, they have no longer allow, they are no longer allowing guest stars to bill themselves with a pseudonym. Gotcha. Yeah. So... All that is to say that I'm so happy that we have made it to this episode. Uh, I'm so glad that we have found this iconic You Are Lisa Simpson moment. I don't think we actually said what was on the paper that he wrote. Uh, I she, did. Oh, you did? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, and um, I uh, I love this episode. I, this is this is a great episode. I'm, I'm, I'm planting my flag there. I'm interested in what you might say about that. Um... I don't know. Like, it's hard for me because I feel like I need to go back and rewatch uh-huh. 
uh-huh. because I feel like the episodes I consider to be great episodes are the ones we watch over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we haven't watched this one over and over and over again. No, we haven't. And I am definitely not as familiar. So here's a good parallel. I am holding those other episodes like Bart After Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Bart on the Road. Bart on the Road. Yeah. All of those episodes, I am holding them to the Flying Fish standard. Okay. And so okay. this one does not necessarily stand up, but only because I don't know it off the top of my head. See, I would say, in in my opinion... If this was paired with Bart on the Road, mm-hmm. that would be a that would be a two bangers, right? Yeah, like that would mm-hmm. be that would be a one two punch. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, that's what I think. Okay. Uh, and I'm glad that we got through the episode here. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to continue to talk because we could lather on. We, I think for a long time. We really couldn't. We've already been talking a long. time. We've been talking for an hour and forty minutes. Oh so, boy. Okay. Why don't we go ahead and wrap things up and say, hey, if you enjoyed this episode, y'all, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Uh, you could also do us a big favor and go ahead and rate the podcast, the highest rating, on that platform. And if you really want to do something special for us, do us a big favor and drop our name to a Simpsons fan or someone that you think would enjoy the podcast in your life. Make sure you're also following our social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Escalator to Nowhere Pod, and we are on Twitter at Esk to Nowhere Pod. You can also join our private group, uh, private, private Facebook group, which is the Escalator to Nowhere Facebook Facebook group. And if you'd like to send us an email, hey, tell us how to say that word we couldn't figure out how to say or any of the <laughs> other questions about where the golden stake is or whatever the hell else we were talking about in this episode, go ahead and do so. You can send us an email at escalated to nowhere pod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. It's in um, Box Elder County, Utah. Great. <laughs> 32 miles west of Brigham City. Brigham City. 66 miles northwest of Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. That's 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 more that's that's really more the landmark that I needed there. Yeah, right. Okay. okay. All right. Well, anyways, y'all, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, you know what? Even to you, Sean, I hope that you have a great day. We appreciate y'all sticking with us. Uh, and um we thank you so much for just being here and enjoying the Simpsons chat uh, alongside us here in from our from our dining room table. Um, so we'll look forward to next week. I'm not sure what next week's episode is. The War of the Simpsons. The War of the Simpsons. Awesome. So we will be back next week and make sure that you are again hitting that subscribe button so you can get a new episode every week. That's Wednesday mornings at 7.42 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. Yes. So until then, I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I am learning. And we're looking forward to next week and every week with you, starting, of course, with The War of the Simpsons. Thanks. Except to you, Sean. We don't want to. <laughs> hey, you know what, Sean? You just change your ways now, all right? And you come on back to us, and we'll be happy to receive you like the prodigal son, your little motorcycle and everything. <laughs> Sure. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Smell you later. Bye.